Welcome to Big Storm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy, nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, hello. We are doing this again. Uh, what are we doing tonight, Trevor? Are we going to go into some classic old click pitch or- I think we're going to start with click pitch and then we're going to mix it up a bit. Just because mix we it didn't up. do that in the last couple of episodes. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, let's jump into some ramped up click pitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click. We're each going to get an adjective and a noun. We're going to read them out. We're going to make up some sort of game design based on it. Or even, you know, sometimes lately it's just kind of been a story and we jam it into a game but at the end. And, uh, yep. And that's jam it. it into a match three games. Yeah. Jam it in there. Jam it up in there. But, you know, we have fun with the world building and we have fun with it also. Yeah, and hopefully you have fun along the way as well. That's the Dear goal. listener. That's the goal. So, let's uh, let's jump right in. Three, two, Three, one, two click. one, click. Jet married. Unhappy drift. Ooh, okay. Rocket. I'm taking jet as in, you know, jet stream. You've, you've rocketed up into the- Okay. Into, into space. Something's going awry. Your uh, spaceship is now adrift. Okay. And your marriage is kind of on the rocks. Okay. So, you're a married couple on a, a rocket, on, a, on some sort of shuttle, some sort of ship yeah. drifting through space. I like it. Are you the only two people on the ship? Or- I, I think I think there are some other people on, on the ship, a la your, your typical sort of thing people are in, are in stasis. And okay. your shift is six months. Oh, okay. I like that. So, it's essentially, it's some sort of, you know, long-term, long-term colony ship or something, like long-term travel. But yes, like the stasis systems that we have, they need m- monitoring uh, maybe, or, and maybe even, you know, people can't stay in them. It's super mm-hmm. long-term. They need to come out for, for regular breaks. So- yeah, they, it gets taken in shifts. So, I like that as a framing device then because we can have different segments of the game in different shifts, essentially, where, like, it may be that three years has passed since your last shift of six months um, because yep. there's, like, there's whatever, there's, you know, ten, eight people or something on the- on the ship, and and you do it in, pa- and I and I think they do it in pairs. You do the shifts in pairs because they they found that if you know they have someone isolated for that long, they go space crazy. Yeah, but I think what actually happens is each person does a six month shift, but it's sort of like you do three months with one person, and then you do then you do three months with, with oh, another they person. Overlap, yeah, and they overlap so that That's you don't cool. get six months pure with one person. Yep. Yep. I like that. And then you can have some really interesting relationship dynamics where, yeah, you can be discussing these other people and they're just, they're, they're in status, like they can't talk back. And it's this sort of. Oh, and, and it's the whole thing about like the trust that you've got to have with your marital partner. Mm-hmm. 
who, you know, is asleep. You're basically, you're awake with her for some reason, only three months. And then, you know, you're awake with someone else for three three months. months. But what happened in that three months before you woke up? Do you actually have the trust of your, your partner that nothing else happened? Yeah, absolutely. And now you're talking with the captain's wife because, you know, that's- Because that's who you happen to overlap with this time. That's who you have an overlap with this time. Mm. And she's got the same, same, you know, feelings. You, you try to look back at your, at the, um, at the logs. The footage and and stuff. Yeah. Like there's whole days worth of ship logs missing and all this sort of stuff. And it's just. Yeah. I, I like that building. I like playing with the. The relationship stuff and the paranoia of that and the trust, but in this interesting environment, um, I think you can definitely build that up in the player and give them the option to go back and look. But then, like, if your partner finds out that you did that, you know, there's like, oh, you don't trust me. Uh, you know, why? Mm. Uh, what? That was a, that was a legitimate glitch and we, we resolved it, but nothing happened. And do you believe them? Uh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, how, how would you structure a game like this? Do you think how, like gameplay wise, obviously there's going to be a fair bit of dialogue and stuff, but it'd also be fun to um, explore the ship and be able to yeah, wander I, I, around I a bit. I think it's one of these games that sort of each chapter happens at a certain point. So, you know, it's, it's kind of along the lines of, There'll be a, a a large period of time where nothing really happens, so you don't want to necessarily show what this person's going through through there, but you you then show, you know, it's a month later and they're just they're really bored out of their brains because nothing has happened in the last month. But now that they're back into it, you know that something's gonna happen during this chapter. Yeah, I think you just jump into yeah, little vignettes essentially where it might just be a discussion between the two people. It might be, oh, there's a problem we have to solve. Like you need to do a like spacewalk and go out and fix something, um, or say, or like remote control a robot out there or something. Ooh, I just had a thought that, um, because because your spacewalk, it gave me an idea that like you, you're sort of looking out there and you see like a weak a weak point on like on like the the outside of the of the um, ship. Mm. So you go out there to, to repair it. But as you're going to repair it, you find out that like, there's another airlock that leads into a play into a part of the sec, uh, part of the ship that, you know, you've never you don't have access. You don't oh. have access to from the inside. Yep. And you're like, hang on, what, what's going on here? You know, yes, this, this part is damaged, but then you can sort of sneak inside and you can maybe find like an extra, like, uh, sort of science laboratory or something like that, where they're doing some experiments that you don't—they're mm. not documented at all—and they've got a they've got another log, and you see your wife's name in the log. Yeah, that you can and you don't know whether she's actually had access to this or whether she's been experimented on or yeah, yeah. like all you know is that her name is being mentioned in this log, and then you find your name as I well. I kind of like the idea then that this whole thing is a psychological experiment. Um, maybe you find out at the end that like you haven't even gone anywhere. <laughs> You're just in orbit or somewhere, and no, that might be too much. But uh, yeah, actually, on 
Earth in a building. In a building. And it's just- <laughs> They managed to put a vacuum in there. <laughs> and, and like, low anti-gravity and stuff. Um- I mean, it doesn't have to be anti-gravity. They could be- You could have been told about the, you know, artificial gravity system or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like the idea of just adding different mysteries. I also like the idea of, uh, like, after a few of these rounds, you get woken up early for something. Like, like there's some malfunction or someone intentionally wakes you up to help them mm-hmm. fix something and you do get a bit more- uh, so then you have like three people awake at a time, which is unusual, and you get, to, but you get to have different discussions happening there. I'm I'm picturing that during this time, like you're seeing that, like the two people that are awake are, are really arguing, and they're arguing mm. really quite. It's getting quite heated, you know, nasty, and heated. You know, it's. Um, neither, neither one are, are wanting to, you know, give up and they're sort of using you as an arbitrator almost. And you, yeah. you got to try and take sides and try to mediate, mediate a bit. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah, that, that could be fun. And, and then you find out that, oh, you know, you've actually been woken up, you know, only a year and a half into your three year, um, stint in, in cryo. In, yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. But the way that it actually works is you can't go back in for like, you know, it has to be a three year, two years or whatever it is yeah. because because the way know, it's once it's turned on, the way it's calibrated and and such, yeah, it won't it won't reactivate for another two years. So now you're stuck in stuck in there for two years, yeah, throughout all these people's, yeah, and you're going to end up so much older than you're going to end up two years older than everyone else or something, yeah, having yeah. to deal with that as well. I know. I, I, I quite like this idea. It, it's you don't have to have that many characters because you're only really talking to the oh, same yeah. two characters all the time. Yeah, you most, have so well, that's much it. happening. Yeah, mostly you're only talking to the same two characters. You could maybe you know add one or two in here and there if you do have those periods of like, oh, you know, now I, you know, maybe it's not the whole two years, but maybe it's like an extra year, and so you end up living through two other people's shifts. Essentially. But you realise that what's coming up is that, you know, you're going to get a full six months with you with your wife and maybe mm. that's what you're looking mm. forward to. Mm. But that, you know, she, fi- she finds that you're awake and she actually gets a little bit disappointed when she sees that you're awake. And that's when you sort of realise that, that things um, aren't maybe uh, <laughs> all, all, all good in the, in the marriage. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. Same here. I'm actually I'm actually seeing this as a VR game. It could be good. Spa- yeah. Space and VR just feels right. Yeah, and that's sort of real like conversational and like putting yourself in the character in that way. Well, well. Also being in cryo and Yeah, having the actual know, it closes down and you feel kind of claustrophobic yeah. and then, you know, it sort of goes to black. And then comes up again, like- And comes up and it's like- Really oh, quick. Like, disoriented, everything's changed. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I love that idea of the environment changing over time. You know, depending on whose shift you're coming into, like, there's different stuff on the walls or maybe, you know, one person's really messy um, that you're, you're joining the, ne- the person who's really messy next or something. Or, or it's like- the person who just went to sleep that the that whoever you're joining now had their first three months with, 
was like a real fucking slob. And so this person's like, oh, like, thank God. Like, we have got a lot of work to do. We could clean this place up. It's disgusting. Just don't ask what's on the walls. <laughs> yeah, there was an alien invasion uh, while you were asleep, but we dealt with it. It's just, it's really hard to get it out of the carpet. All right, three, two, one, click. Whose idea was to put carpet on this ship? <laughs> Needless treatment. Planted void. Ooh. A needless treatment, if you didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Planted void. That's cool. Um, it makes me think of like some sort of magical plant alchemy or something growing. Yeah, void brings up ideas of horror to me. Mm. Like- um, there is a movie called The Void that harkens back to old 80s sort of horror mm-hmm. with some body horror stuff happening and all this sort of stuff. And it, the majority of this movie happens in a hospital. Mm-hmm. So, that's why it kind of brings me to that horror. Well, with needless, needless treatment as well makes me think of, of yeah, like- What me- happens when you're <laughs> under anesthesia? Yeah, like medical What has been things. implanted in you? Oh, implanted. Okay. I was going to go into- I was wondering if we had some plant-based body horror where, like, you've got things growing out of your skin. Um, we, we could still go in that direction. But- no, it could still go in, into that direction. But just the idea of going down a, down a horror direction mm. and so, sort of- oh, it's, it's hard to explain what I want to- what I want to get across. But I just feel- yeah. The idea of not feeling yourself after a surgery. Yeah, this- I I kind of get what you want. Like, this is a very much a cycle, like, aspects of a psychological horror moving into, you know, body horror sort of stuff. Because I think it is that you want to have that unease after coming out of these surgeries. Like, I think multiple surgeries for whatever. Like, and maybe you think you need them legitimately. Hmm. But that you start noticing things about your body and, like, weird lumps under the skin and- <laughs> And then eventually they, like, erupt in- I don't know. It'd be, like, a fucking, like, a rose or something, you know, like a thorn, you know, a thorny rose plant or something comes out of you somewhere and then somewhere else it's a different sort of plant and- uh, <laughs> then, the, then the- then the, um, anaesthetist just plants you in his garden and he goes- Hmm, one more to add to the add to the garden. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like some real freaky experimentation stuff. Um yeah, I'm not sure how you do that as a game. It does feel maybe well, VR-ish I, I think a lot again. of it comes Yeah, a lot of it sort of comes in dream sequences, I think. Like, because that's that's one of the best ways of actually getting across what this character's thinking, because it's his subconscious that mm. you're sort of seeing. Mm. How the normal, how the normal, you know, parts of his life are going to are going to go ahead. Not, not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, is this? And I mean, this might be too similar in a way to. Uh, I think in the way we tell a story, it may be similar to the last game, but. I'm almost picturing, again, sort of scenes broken up by these surgeries. So, like, you're spending time in hospital or 
or at home, you know, in in a bed because you're, you know, you've got some sort of degenerative disease or something, and they're trying this, exp- like they're trying to fix it with these experimental, you know, um, procedures. And so, in between, it's like you're talking to your spouse, you're talking to your kids and stuff, or you're, or like other people at the hospital or the doctor, or like progressing the story in that way. And then, but every time there's like, okay, but now, and now it's time for another surgery. I think things changing in between in subtle ways as each surgery happens. And you're like, is this part of it? Is this something else? I'm just imagining at one point, you know, you go to the doctor's office and you start talking about the the ceaseless insomnia that you've had since mm. the last surgery. And you're almost looking forward to the next time that you get into surgery where you get a good sleep again. <laughs> yeah, as they put you under, for sure. Um, and that's where the nightmare world sort of starts to creep in because I'm now sort of seeing as- Jeff, you've been on way a long time. <laughs> this the and- nightmare man. <laughs> yeah, and it's just I like know, I like the idea coming of having right at him. <laughs> I really like the flower imagery, and I like the idea that maybe in these dream sequences you're walking through a garden, like you're you're going through gardens and seeing flowers, and maybe that comes up as part of those dreams. Um, but you don't obviously you see little flower kids playing in the. You know, on the grass yeah, and all maybe. this sort of stuff. And, and but and of course, at that point, it's just like, oh, this is a weird dream sequence. The you know, the player doesn't like. Obviously, there's some symbolism there, but the player just expects it as a dream. But then, yes, like in the in the last part of the game, or like the lat- like later in the later in the game, you're starting to see parts of your body change, and then yeah, eventually, like start erupting with leaves and flowers and. I've almost got this image of someone just- of the humanoid figure just sitting there in the end, but they're just, like, completely made with, like, flowers and plants. <laughs> yeah, they're essentially, like, this topiary just sitting there. Um, a bit like, was it, um- I'm a- what was that movie with um, Natalie Portman and- did you have a- Abomination or something or Armageddon. Oh yes, 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 yes. I remember that because that I had like seen it. Plants, people turning yeah. into sort of topiary kind of things, didn't it? Um, yeah. Also makes that me kind of fucked up. Think of uh, <laughs> Midsummer, which was not her turning into plants, but just the big plant um, outfit thing. Oh yeah, that was insane. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Hmm. Revised combat. Imperfect device. Okay. So, this brings me immediately to some sort of short-term time reversal device. Mm Mm-hmm. Because revised combat made me think of, like, being able to redo a combat sequence if you fail or if you want to do it better. And so, maybe that could be a gameplay element and a story element of kind of, I mean, I guess sort of a little bit of a um, Sands of Time rewind situation or some sort of, like, save pointy sort of thing um, where within a certain- time frame you can jump back to the to the past and have another go 
Yeah, I I really like the idea of bringing back that Sands of Time, that Sands of Time combat mm. thing where, you know, it's it's using those time mechanics of, oh, I didn't get this perfect, I can rewind just a little bit. Just a little before bit. Before I died and, yeah, you know, it's sort of like a Dark Souls level um, difficulty that has those um, has those time rewinding abilities mm. that, you know, you can only use sparingly because, you know, you've only got so much, well, sand back each time that you kill an enemy. But I like the idea that it is that that sort of more streamlined um, action RPG that, they've, that they mm. do nowadays compared to the original Sands of Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the combat was very samey, whereas I find the combat in, in you know, Dark Souls is is very much, you know, you need to look at how how the um mm. how the characters are attacking and all this sort of stuff. And having that extra little thing of being able to rewind a little bit if you if you getting struck down is well, actually not and, a and bad. And I think also going up against crowds, it would be good it would be interesting. Uh, and I was picturing maybe a bit closer to like an Arkham style or a, sh- a Shadow of Mordor style um, combat system, but you could, you know, you could combine the two, have elements of both, where you do that, where that rewind ability does give you the opportunity to take on hordes of people. And yes, if you get overwhelmed, it's like, oh, okay, rewind a bit. Like, I know that they're going to attack me from this way. So, like, roll, you know get over to this side roll over here and and take you know just just <laughs> revise your strategy essentially um it's kind of like a really really quick version of um edge of tomorrow where you don't have to go through the entire day again you can just you know yeah, yeah. redo that little section over and over and over i mean that's really what the dark souls games are anyway they mm. are you know the edge of tomorrow you can go back in and the whole day repeats the exact same way that, as if yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, I wonder, it, like, I mean, essentially, it's what it's doing is, is yeah, just giving you that very fast iter- iterative loop of learning how to uh, how to beat particular types of enemies, or like, okay, this is a new situation. I'm fighting, you know, one of these big brute types that I can't, uh, you know, do a power attack on. Uh, and also, you know, three of the, the little fast ones or whatever. Like, I haven't had this combination before, so it's a new set of things. Uh, but learning the, the, the techniques, you know, that, that are going to work in this particular combination. Yeah. You've realized that have, having, you know, the short, fast sword, it's usually pretty good, but these, these guys are, uh, they sort of get past you. Quite easily. Once they're close, they sort of lunge in and, and take you out. So if you can keep them at bay by keeping them really far away by swinging the big hulking sword, mm. which doesn't sound like it should actually work, but the, the idea is that you're just swinging so wildly while and keeping, making them keep their distance and while you take basically out the big having, something. yeah, yeah, having a different, um, a different effect for the enemies and, and a different combat style, depending on what you're wielding, could mm. be interesting. Like, basically, then it, it means that there is a reason to learn all the different all the different swords, because the idea is that your playing style isn't the only thing that you need to worry about. It's also how, oh, I've come up against these fast guys before. They love it when I'm, when I'm fighting with a fast sword, yeah. you know, because they can just get in and, you know, 
quickly attack and they, they can block everything. Yeah. Whereas the they can't quite get the slow lumbering sword or, you know, if I pick up a chair and start fighting with that, they really don't know what to do because I'm, I'm sort of holding them back. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that uh, using those different ways to essentially make your way through a combat and, and yeah, having that, that fast iterative, you know, iter- uh, iterative, re- repetitive, repetitiveness to be able to learn it. Uh, I do think that- you're still going to have the occasional death where well, you're going to have think, to start I back think from, your, kind of like from your bonfire or whatever. Yeah, I think kind of like Sands of Time, you know, depending on, on the way it worked, uh, you would run out of sand at times. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe as part of the combat, it, you know, again, kind of like a, a Shadow of Mordor sort of thing or something where you can do a finishing move on someone and, and have different effects. You can either like, you know, recruit them or, or execute them or whatever. Um, or you can at times, I think, in that, like, you can pull health out of them or whatever, or, or pull, you know, your, your powers out of them. Um, but there are moves you can do to root, like, uh, refresh some of your time stuff, whatever that ends up being yeah. in the sort of story. But, you know, as usual, there might be, uh, downsides to that. Like, you have to stand still for a couple of seconds. So you, you can't do it at the wrong time or you'll, you'll get interrupted or get attacked or, or whatever. So it's all again part of the, part of the strategy of it all. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Graphics wise, are you seeing, you know, the, the sort of dark, gritty? Well, so you, you, you were talking about swords, which is all well and good. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of over the the whole sort of fantasy-ish medieval-ish like and I don't play the 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 Dark Souls games but and I know there was anyway I was going to say swords but in some sort of different environment would be more interesting to me kind of like a I don't know a sort of futuristic space marine sort of thing yeah, or maybe like a cyberpunkish vibe where you've got some sort of like, like well, they have kind of done a cyberpunk version called the Surge. Well, was that cyberpunk? Um, that was more. That was more Space Marine-ish, wasn't it? That because that's why I was. Yeah, I, I played a bit of the Surge. Yeah, I was sort of trying to take it in maybe a different aesthetic, um, a bit and and go a bit more neon, a bit more. You know, maybe fighting in city, like in a cityscape as yeah, like a futuristic, you know, built up city. Uh, in Ooh, that way. And may- maybe the, um, maybe the time thing is like a, is like a circuit in your brain that actually, you know, mm, like an augmentation. Can, uh, yeah. Yeah. An augmentation where you've got kind of like slight bit of precognitive ability. Yeah. That. If you if you get hit, then you can basically rewind a little bit in time and say, no, 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 I I mustn't do that. It's a, yeah, it's essentially and- you planning ahead at any point and being able to yeah see see the possible futures until yeah. you decide on your actions. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that, and that also then explains why you would only be able to go back a certain amount uh, as well. Yeah, because you know basically um, depending on how what level you've actually got. You know, what level of augmentation depends mm. on how far into the future that you can actually see. Well, for sure. And then you can get upgrades as you go to perhaps get a bit more rewind time or have it, you know, not use up as much of your 
power crystals or whatever it is that you're <laughs> mm-hmm. that you're pulling out of other people. It runs on it literally just runs on blood. Uh so either you fill it with <laughs> the blood of your enemies or in a pinch you use your own blood and essentially sacrifice some health for some rewind. <laughs> uh drop yeah. of blood into the mouth. <laughs> I think it just automatically siphons it off your body, out of your body. Constitution check. Make sure that you <laughs> you're not going to throw up. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's do. Should we do a movie? Yeah, I think so. All right. So we're going to grab a random movie uh, from uh, Trevor. Put together a little Discord addition to the Discord bot. Um, what uh, what's the database that's pulling it from there, Trevor? Uh, most likely the IMDb, maybe. No, I think sure. it's the other one. T uh, the movie database. The movie, yeah, TMDB, I think. Yeah, TMDB, the movie database. The movie database. Yep. Uh, yep. Cool. What'd you get, and Ben? I got the People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> Uh, okay, and I got married to the mob. Okay, neither. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, uh, and to explain for people who might not know, we sometimes just take the title, we sometimes take the synopsis if we've seen the movie or know it, um, to turn it into a game. So, uh, I think for both, for either of these, if we take them, we just use the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, d- I don't. I I don't know Married to the Mob at all. I know People versus Larry Flint, and I'd kind of like to stay away from some of that subject matter. Um, well, that's but again, I do like the name Larry Flint. Well, that's so it, maybe it, Larry it, Flint marries is married to the mob. Like, yeah, I think this is a different Larry Flint. It's not the hustler yes. publisher, uh, and, and it's not about his you know battles in court. It's a very different situation with Larry F- Larry Flint married to the mob. Uh, so, is he married, like, literally t- into some sort of organized crime family? Yeah, I-, I think he's married the Don's daughter. Okay. Like, married into the into the family, not not having really met um, her family. Like, he- Larry met- um, Met uh, Louisa at- at university and- you know, fell head over heels in love mm-hmm. with her. They eloped, and then like they went to New York City um, to to meet her parents, and like literally, um, her father's <laughs> like a big Don Corleone sort of yeah sort of character. The, yeah, Godfather sort of situation. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yes. So uh, it's it definitely has sort of comedic vibes. Um, yes. Wasn't there a Hugh Grant movie kind of like that? What am I thinking of? Mickey Blue Eyes. Yeah, I think so. Mickey Blue. <laughs> Mickey Blue. <laughs> so Larry, I don't know how I remember that. By the way, that just came out of like no, no, thin air. I have not well, thought I about that, seen movie. that movie in probably like fifteen years. Yeah, maybe twenty. <laughs> okay, so. Is oh, yeah. Larry it- Flint, played by Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Scan, like, played by 1996 D-aged. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah. De-aged. <laughs> no, no. I think we need to pick a, mo- a more modern 
a more current uh, cast for this. Seth Rogen. <laughs> no, even he's too old. It needs to be someone like in their early 20s. Um, who's popular right now? Channing Tatum, uh, Zach Efron. <laughs> I think we're still. I think we're too old. Tom Holland. He- there, there you go. go. Tom there Holland. you go. All right. Yeah, he he'd do a good job. Tom Holland as Larry Flint, but not that one. <laughs> not not that one. Not that Larry Flint. But he's playing a character called Larry Flint, just not that one. <laughs> yep. Uh and. Yeah, okay. So, is this then a almost like a comedic version of the Mafia games? Uh, is there, like, that sort of vibe or- Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of picturing that, you know, he, he walks in, into the, into the room to meet his, 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 you know, new father-in-law for the first time. He's not happy because he didn't, like, there was no permission being asked for mm, the, the hand in marriage bl- and blessing. Yep, you know there was no blessing. He doesn't know what this guy's like, and so basically they put him through hell. Like they they send him out to do something and then sort of leave him alone in in like a rival gang's territory and all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm picturing as the worst hazing that Larry's ever gone through to avoid making Louisa. A, a prop, essentially. Uh, does she join him on- Like, does she kind of- I'm thinking that she's a badass and she's the one that turns up and, and you know, sort of saves saves Larry from from this sort of stuff. Well, I was that, almost thinking- uh, My almost- father's always getting into- Was always going to make this hard on you. Don't worry, I'm going to help you get through this and make you look good. <laughs> I, I can't- Well, I kind of like- I kind of like it if she's struggling a bit too, though. Like, she went away to university. Maybe when she left, she was, like, too naive. She didn't sort of realise what was going on. Um, and it's only in the past year or two that she's understood <laughs> that <laughs> She actually- did a couple of university courses and she realised- Hang on, yeah, they're kind of talking about my family. Yeah, it, like opened up her eyes a bit <laughs> to to what was happening in her family. She was a little bit. She had the blinders on to all the crime uh, and and like money laundering and shakedowns and whatever else that were going on. So I wonder if she's a bit antagonistic against her family too. And and yeah, whatever sort of trials. Larry gets put through like they actually are kind of both going through them. They're both going through it together yeah. and figuring it all out. I kind of like this as a as a co-op game. That one of you mm. plays Louisa, one of you plays Larry. That's cool. And as Larry and Louisa sort of getting through these these missions together, mm. you know, trying to trying to do the right thing. And I think at the end of one of the missions, basically, I think the FBI or or one of those sort of um, institutions comes up and and basically says, "Look, we've caught you with with all these weapons. We're going to arrest you, but if you help us out, then maybe we can work something out." Yeah, essentially, they want you to flip on her parents, on her family. Yeah. What um, what are you doing there as a co op pair? There, like, what is the what is the gameplay situation? Is this like stealth and I don't know. Distraction. Well, one of you, one of you will be a, you know, a driver. One of you will be the, the sort of delivery person. 
you know, trying to deliver some stuff. Okay. And it was a setup, basically, from your- from- I'm just- yeah, that that's fine. From the mob like, and all this sort of stuff. Basically, you, you're working together trying to do these small little things, so and then it, it gets a little it bit different- corny. Yeah. Is it different missions then, essentially, with sort of varied- varied gameplay- where, yeah, you know, I, th- I think each each person has like a, you know, there's going to be times in the missions that you're not doing too much, but there's there's also going to be times that, you know, it's time critical that you you make sure that you get to this point, open the door for them so that they can mm. they can get out while they're running away. I do like the idea of them working working with the FBI then, and then you might have. And we, we've done something somewhat similar to this before, but like you might have one person observing from a distance and communicating with the person who's on the inside. So, you know, if they're trying to plan a bug or something, it's like, oh shit, like someone's coming down get, the hallway. Get a move like, on. They, yeah. Get a move on. They just turn back up because, you know, yeah, you, you, too- you see them go away and then they, they must have forgotten something. So they're, they're coming back in. He's walking back in now and, you know, yeah, hide, hide hide under the desk. Like, all right, he's coming around. Like, go around to the other side. <laughs> yeah, but you may not even be able to see that. You can basically just say, "Look, they just turned up." Yeah, well, again, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's like spotty, sort of. Um, well, maybe it's actually where the microphone's actually hooked up um, into the game, so that the game actually understands if you if you talk too loud during this this point mm. then it alerts people because it's you know proximity <laughs> yeah okay that's interesting well it's it's something that's happened in um i can't remember what they what that game was called phantas oh yeah uh, yeah the fan fan phasmophobia phasmophobia is that it every t- every time i i see it i think of phantasmagoria the bloody sierra game and i'm like why is everyone going crazy for Phantas- Oh, no, no, no. It's, the- it's not Phantasmagoria. It's, it's not the 25-year-old <laughs> full-action video series that came on <laughs> 17 CD-ROMs or whatever it was. Uh, that I have both of them on, on Steam, which is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but does Steam give you the experience of switching discs every- <laughs> No, it doesn't. Nah. Um- yeah, okay. that's okay because the first game had seven chapters and the second game had five chapters and it was like one chapter per disc. Well, that's <laughs> logical. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where the gameplay is in that one, but uh, overall, but I do like the uh, like the general idea of it, uh, and, and particularly around focusing on the communication between people in different locations, like talking over a radio and having to, like. Yeah, like, each person has information that the other person doesn't have. And so, literally having to communicate that it becomes important to, to solve the mission. I think that, that adds a bit to that sort of thing where some other co-op games, it's not as- it's not really part of it, so. It's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Three to one movie. Yeah. Let's try- Another one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know this movie, but I like the title. Closet Monster. Dangerous Lies. Ooh, okay. So, 
Tell me about Closet Monster and then I'll tell you about Dangerous Wild. I don't, I don't think we'll use the plot. Um, it's from 2016. A creative and driven teenager is desperate to escape his hometown and the haunting memories of his turbulent childhood. But I want to take it much more literally than that and yeah, yeah, yeah. have something to um, do actually with monsters in the closet. After losing her waitressing job, Katie Franklin takes a job as a caretaker to a wealthy elderly man in his sprawling, empty Chicago estate. The two grow close, and when he unexpectedly passes away and names Katie as his sole heir, she and her husband Adam are pulled into a complex web of lies, deception, and murder. And if she's going monsters. to survive, <laughs> Katie will have to question everyone's motives. Even the closet monster. Even the monster in the closet. Even the people she loves. Um... Okay, I think we could take a little bit of that. So, I I kind of like a bit of both. Yeah, I, I like the idea of of a woman. The the elderly man is is like the last the last keeper of you know, or the last protector of this realm. Yeah, essentially, essentially, the closets in this house can at times lead to this like realm of monsters of some sort. There there was tell of he had um he had like two nieces and two nephews many many years ago and they got into one of the closets yep they never came back and some bad shit happened um they kept on telling him about you know when they came back how you know they they grew to old age and then they we met a we met mr tumnus and he gave us turkish delight yeah, but it's it's a, actually a lot more darker than that. Like, uncle, they came back uncle, we met Mr. Tumnus <laughs> and he forced Turkish delight down our throats and then tied <laughs> us up for years and years. <laughs> and the white witch came and froze our toesies. Uh, no, I, I do like, I do like... What sort of what sort of monsters are in these closets? Are these like whimsical Sesame Street monsters, or are these dark beings of you know pain and? Um, I don't think they're such dark beings. I kind of like the idea that you know he kind of calls them closet monsters, but really each closet is just a different gateway to another another world. So okay. maybe. You know, you can't go to Narnia because that wardrobe was literally destroyed after, you know, the bad shit that went down and they- <laughs> So, are we canonically making this that at one point he had the closet to Narnia, but now, yeah, you can't go there anymore. Yeah, we just allude, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just allude to it. Yeah, but in the, in the last, like, the final thing that she does is she goes up into the attic and you see, like, the classic- Wardrobe. Wardrobe. With just- and it opens up and you see some snow coming out of it. Like- <laughs> And it's like number two, you know. When we get the know, license, it comes when we from Sears it Lewis's to estate. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, so, all right, is this then? Uh, what are these adventures? Are you? Because I think you, we started off. You are you you you've been hired on as the caretaker to this elderly man. Uh, you're mm-hmm. obviously not told anything about these portals. Are they always active? Is there something that that triggers them or certain times? Um, I think that um, it's sort of like a nightly thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like when when the sun goes down is when Ooh, and okay. you know the moon comes out is basically 
um, almost this this whole house is powered by the moon. Yeah. So basically, you get a reprieve every every time that it goes into um, when it goes into you know the the new moon phase or whatever, and everything disappears. Yeah, there's no. But when it's going towards the when it's going, the brighter the moon gets, and the the more full it gets, the the more powerful it becomes. Okay, so do, do you have to like every full moon have to like board up all the closets in this house or something? <laughs> I, I think when you first get there, like most of them are boarded up because he is so old that he can't really do it anymore. And okay, so they've he, just been they've been boarded up for years. Yeah. And basically, you and your husband have, um, have, uh, you know, gone and, uh, fixed, fixed up, you know, started I think, fixing I think up just, some of these closets and, and taking down some of the boards. I think just make it her. I think away. just, I think just make it her. I think just make it her alone. Don't want the husband? No, I think leave the husband out just because I think it makes it less complicated to just, and, and also just her dealing with it alone. And where all she's got is this old guy and he's not really telling her anything. And then, yeah, maybe he dies. On his deathbed, I I swear, uh, I think it's a good idea that he sort of hands her his cane and and say, "This, this will protect you. And what it is, is like, it's actually a sword within the cane, but she does she just doesn't know this at this stage. I kind of like, well, yeah. I guess it depends on how much of her sort of adventures then happen while he's alive, or is it, are you saying it all happens after he dies, and then she's sort of discovering the secrets I of think, this place? I think there's one sort of adventure that happens on the night that he dies, and it's just before he dies, and you know it, it's sort okay. of like his final. But she thing. sort of gets she gets freaked out. She doesn't get to man. She doesn't do anything in there. She like yeah stumbles into this other realm. Is scared out of her mind comes back out and then yeah as he dies he kind of hands over this this cane sword well i i, I kind of see him almost do like i think the whole first act is you think that he's all weak and all this sort of stuff and then he pulls a yoda from um attack the clones <laughs> and you know whips out his oh, sword some cane of the and- monsters like spill out of the closet with you 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 like you're you're being curious. You you find your way into the closet that that was the least boarded up, and like with the last the last board has fallen off, and you you go in, and yeah, you find yourself in this other world. But then, like out of the bushes, like you hear rustling, things attack. You run back through. They come out, and yeah, he he essentially uses the last of his life force to to battle these things off and kill them, and then mm-hmm. give you a very very brief explanation and hand over the cane sword and hand dies. over the cane and and dies in your arms and yeah you find out that you know all the things that he was sort of telling you were you know um well just these are the things that are going to keep you alive that he well, was actually think, training yeah. you up to be the next to be the next guardian well, I don't even know if it was true. I, I think this is almost mostly the beginning of the game, and I'm picturing it now as a bit of a like um, action action fighter game sort of thing, where you you go into these different realms and you're like tracking down, I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe there's like I like the idea that there's one door that's like really boarded up in the house, 
but every night something's been banging on it from the other side. And essentially you've got, you know, he tells you, you have, you have to find like these particular things or whatever that will get you, you know, strong enough um, or will protect the house or something for, cause something's going to bust through from that particular realm. So you come back after, like, after he dies the next morning and you see on the ground there's, like, two nails that have come out of the board. Yep. And you try banging him back in, but basically there's a force that's actually stopping you from banging him back in. Because I think that there's basically- It's a magical sort of thing that's actually pushing- Yeah, it's going to break through. It's like there's there's a time limit on this and- it just yeah. so happens that the time limit also happens to be um, when you finish levels and when you collect the- um, Oh, yeah, I don't think when it's- When you act- collect the crystal to actually, you know, power up the cane. No, I don't think we're actually giving the player a literal time limit. It's more just- It, it happens to be- <laughs> Yeah, it happens to be exactly long enough to go through the other five realms. In, in- seven hours, no matter how far through the game you are, <laughs> they break through, and if you're not ready- you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can manage that. It's almost like a roguelike then, but it's over a f- seven hour period. <laughs> a seven hour roguelike. I'm better to do another run. <laughs> See you in seven hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't pause it. If you turn the computer off, like it keeps track of the system time. You can't turn it back on 12 hours later. It's just like, you died. Sorry. <laughs> you weren't ready. You weren't you were ready. Asleep. <laughs> yeah. We tried waking you. <laughs> we we even we even sent the song Venga Bus to your to your <laughs> to your phone. <laughs> <laughs> what was that 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 did that? Um. Oh, it was cool. It was one of the cool games Inc. Yep. It was like it follows, but with the Venga Bus guy. God, it's been so long since I've actually listened. Um, you know what, Ben? Mm. What three words? Yeah, all right. So, we can play in all our games tonight. Uh, in this case, we are taking three words from the whatthreewords.com site, uh, which has split the world up into three meter square chunks and uh, has, has given each of them three words. So, the three words I have are snippy, documenting, fanatical. Ooh. So, are you playing some sort of documentary filmmaker, like, who's uh, trying to break into a cult or something? Fanatics, like- I think that this fanatical group are, are obsessed- with the mascot of, like, the premiere-like um, sort of program. Mm, Snippy. Where Snippy is the mascot, yeah. Mm, Snippy the, the scissors. Yeah, basically, it's um, because in film you used to cut, like, the print and all that sort of stuff. It's literally an anthropomorphic scissor thing, but- Basically, this mascot is not used that much anymore because things got a little dark- and okay. now there's a cult following behind it. Like, so what was it about it? Because presumably this was a a very whole heap know- of snuff films were 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 edited with this program, and and you the know- AI that they used to power Snippy 
to be the yep. the most which is a cloud based AI film editing companion. It learns from. It's like you, Snippy, will learn from the best video editors out there and will mm-hmm. help you uh, make your best films as a result. But yes, it got tainted. Uh, by people making snuff films. Well, first of all, it was horror films, but then he took it literally. Snippy and did. Started, Snippy did and started making people kill people on film. And Right, so know, essentially film. Snippy's saying, like, this shot you've got is not realistic enough. Like, you need to go and murder somebody <laughs> to make that. And that's the only thing that's going to make what, your film what, good. What could what, what could look a little bit more realistic is if you stabbed the scissors into that man's head. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Perfect. Why, why perfect. Did you, why don't oh, you film it? No, you ruined that right at the end. You need to kill someone Do else again. now. Do it again. Do as it again. As many times as it takes. Um, Take 37. So, I, I, I see that this is sort of like a, you know, this is a myth now mm. that- you know, there there was um, a whole heap of murders, murders that happened like twenty years ago. Yeah, it was this AI experiment that went wrong. You know, once they realised it made the connection, they very quickly shut Snippy down. But there are these fanatics. There's these people out there who are like Snippy lives. Snippy's out there somewhere. And you're you're basically a reporter. You're doing a. A little bit of a story about, you know, it's 20 years since the last recorded murder that was in relation to this to this rogue AI, mm-hmm. and you're doing a retrospective on it. And yeah. I think this is you're where like you fall down talking into the, to, into talking the rabbit to, hole of- Talking to the relatives of the people, of the killers and of the victims, uh, talking to the company, you know, the people who were at the company at the time, the people who are at the company now- I'm I'm thinking that they're all hush hush about it. They won't talk about it. They basically say, "What do you mean, Snippy? Snippy? We we've got no record of a Snippy." Oh, the current here. the current people of the company definitely do. But then you try, then you like, you know, you hunt down the the VP of of engineering who was there at the time and helped build Snippy, and then went off and lived in the woods for twenty years because hmm. uh, he was so ashamed of what he was part of. What I think you find out is that. Snippy the AI never actually went away. Its base code is actually in the new AI of, of you know, this company. That is, you know, they're, they're basically, they're putting, they've put out a new uh, technological device and the, the AI basis behind it is actually Snippy's code. You know what could be really cool? What? If this worked. The whole game- is you putting together this documentary in the software. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this library of clips and you can view them in any order. You can place them onto the timeline. You can cut and whatever them. But as you are watching these, like, eventually Snippy shows up essentially, but only once you've- And I think maybe the, there is certain gameplay in like- Maybe you're trying to figure out- Maybe you've got, like, an outline that you're going for. It's like, okay, we want all the interviews with, you know, the the company up front. And so- But the, the names are all 
messed like you didn't you're not good at naming your files so you have to watch each one to figure out what's in there and maybe you can like put some tags on and put rename them um and so it's it's sort of it's exploring all these interviews that you've that you've had yep but do you get to a certain point and you're trying to do something and you get like unreferenced memory exception or something like that and you you trying to click out of it and then you know you do something else and it's like, no, un- unreferenced memory exception. And it's like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll just click this button up here. It seems to be the only button that, that doesn't seem to be doing that. And it's basically you, you're being led down the path of re-enabling. Oh, yeah. Know, oh, yeah. You do it yourself. Something like that. Re-enabling the, the connection to, to the internet and, you know, Snippy's well, AI. I was thinking that, like, as you go through this and- yeah, I think you you you'd maybe want to gate the the player in some way. Like maybe once they've done the first section that sort of introduces it all, um, you know, you get another USB stick that's got more more interviews on it. It's like, oh, here's the next set of interviews or something, or it like unlocks a folder in some way, or you find a new folder, and then and then that's sort of taking you into the darker depths of it and. Uh, and yeah, maybe you have, uh, like you've got notes from your producer or something of like, you know, put together a scene that works well for this. And it, it does involve like taking different sections. Like I want to juxtapose, juxtapose like the rabid fans of Snippy today, you know, against the victims of his, of the murders or something or whatever, you know, yeah. you have these different things. And, and I, 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 I'm definitely picturing that your editor actually says, the only thing I want you to do is- it has to be edited in that old program. Like, we well, managed think- to find a copy of it, and think we think it would old- be really cool to actually, you know, our parent company, which is, you know, that um, abode software. Ab- abode. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, th- they basically said, yeah, we want to try and get the stink off and, you know, well, or is show it that just- this is- Is it just that you're working in their latest version of the software? Because I was almost thinking that at some point, there's an update to your software that you have to down like, and maybe it is when shit's going wrong, but, 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 oh, like update to the latest version, like there's bug fixes, but it turns out that like they're bringing snippy back and this is the update that does it essentially. Um, yep. Or maybe it's like you get a pre-release because you're working on this documentary, you get like first, first access to, so maybe you can have some different things where it's like, oh, you switch over to your email, and, and you know you've got you've got a message there from the CEO at, at Abodi or whatever, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying like, oh yeah, like we we'd really love you to since since you're working on this and you know you've you've done so well in in telling the story uh, of you know Snippy who doesn't exist, real you know it doesn't exist. Um, or whatever, but uh, yeah, it gives you access, and then of course, yes, you you eventually see this little pair of scissors with big googly eyes come up on your screen and start taking things over. Oh, I love the idea of it cutting up all the like you've you've been working with all this footage, like you know the different people involved, you know different stuff, and then all of a sudden, like it's like cut it up so that the words from different people, like uh. Are- uh, telling him, you know, tell, say, saying, making a message or something, so flicking back and forth in this rapid way between diff- all the different interviews that you've been putting together and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. That's cool. 
That's cool, yeah. I, I do like those sort of, uh, I don't know what you call them, in-screen games where you essentially, you know, like a fake operating system and- Oh, yeah. You can tell, tell stories in such an interesting way. Uh, should we try one more, Trev? Do you want to give me some words? Listed paints enthusiastic. Listed paints enthusiastic. Okay. So you think of some sort of like house painting thing, but that's as interesting as watching paint dry. So, um, yeah, but I was sort of thinking enthusiastic says to me a kid. Okay. So a kid who's, who's out just trying to do summer jobs. Like it's yep. middle of summer and he's trying to help out his neighbors. Um, he's put an article out saying that he can. Mow lawns, can paint fences. Mow lawns, paint fences, do all that sort of stuff. And basically, you know, that's, he, he gets different phone calls and, and gets, you know, to do different things. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, I don't know why I'm in a horror mood this time but it's it's sort of like someone keeps on you know asking to do more things and more things and more things and it's almost kind of creepy that it's this older guy who keeps on asking you to do these things and whether you know you your mind is taking you to a place that you don't necessarily want to go to yeah but we kind of just (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, look, I think, so I think for that sort of game, I reckon you need to set it in like the seventies or the eighties. Yep. You've like, yeah, you've put an ad in the newspaper or whatever, and you're running to the phone every time it rings. Cause you think it's someone with a new job for you. And you're sort of going around the neighborhood doing these odd jobs. I kind of want a VHS filter over it, you know, having that. That sort of washed out color from the 1970s. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a little warmer than you, the color's a little warmer than you expect it to be. And it's got, you know, just, yeah, a, it's like that a s- tiny six, bit of noise. It's like down that the 60s, bottom 70s home movie feel or something. Yeah. Early Wonder Years, yeah. sort of the graininess and that sort of stuff. I just, yeah. something about what it makes me would think. Would you do? <laughs> Uh, I'd stand up and walk out on you. Would you stand up and walk out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I think then if we're going in the horror direction, I think we obviously want to stay around from like, stay away from like the, the child predator idea of-, of the- I feel like that's too, I don't know, that's- Getting dark. My I- whole idea was that he looked like a child predator, but really he was an alien predator, <laughs> and he was he was looking for his next meal. Like, I can't do the sense. He just goes invisible every time. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a mask. <laughs> uh, we can allude to it in a way, but I don't want to be too obvious about it. I guess what I was more thinking is that you get these- Jobs, but you never see the person who's like giving you the jobs. They talk to yeah, you over you, the phone. You, you, you get go there to their and, house, and there's a there's an envelope on the on the um on the mat out the front saying, "Kevin, can you can you you know paint the fence today?" And then yeah. you go over and you you paint the fence. And I think can it, you mow the lawn today? I think it can is a bit more of this like there's some yeah there's some like alien creature or supernatural creature, a bit like a like a Pennywise or something that's like luring 
kids other kids <laughs> it's luring other kids and and you're you're just making the place look a little bit nicer for it you know it's like can you cut down some of those weeds and you know well or it's just that this is the way it like it it needs to feed every four years or whatever and it finds you know it finds the latest kid who's who's willing to come to a house to do these jobs and um and it's just it likes to get Cleaned. Maybe it's the house itself. It's the malevolent spirit of the house. It's like uh, I'm, I'm getting, monster house. I'm getting a bit run down, so it it gets this kid to come over and like, you know, give it a bit of a paint and sniff its lawns, <gasps> and then it eats them. Yeah, and he accidentally sort of using the weed whacker, um, you know, cuts the house, and there's just a little bit of blood seeping out. Is this a flash house? Flash house. Uh, flash house. <laughs> you took it there. <laughs> it's digesting these children. These children. <laughs> um, no, I, I do like the idea of it sort of- It may be being, you know, some sort of ghostly entity or something like that. That's yeah, I was thinking more these- of a Stephen King-esque kind of feel to it where it's just- It's a malevolent force within this house, some sort yep. of- possession or or something so I'm, I'm picturing some of the other things that you've that you've got to do as chores you know clean the gutters you know clean out all the weeds uh clean the garage because i'm picturing there's like an old christine-esque car in there but it's like <laughs> there's so much shit all all on top of it and all this yeah. sort of stuff yeah um you got to walk the dog uh the dog's name happens to be juco um <laughs> <laughs> is this all set in the town of uh you know castle stone castle rock <laughs> rookstone rookstone <laughs> no i don't think i don't think it's you know i think we no, we, it, we, Ste- we just Stephen give King a little bit of stuff to but yeah uh Stephen cool. Queen. I- there we go. <laughs> Steve McQueen. Stephen Queen. Stephen McQueen. <laughs> McKing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a. I, I like the story stuff there. I don't know where how the game would work out, but uh- um. So I I sort of see the game not as a match three, um, but more of a because <laughs> you could easily do that. Um, no, I I sort of sort of see it more of it more of a. WarioWare. Yeah, WarioWare doing <laughs> doing little- <laughs> In between all these, like, maybe not three second things, but like 20 second tasks. Yeah. <laughs> and then in between Quick, you pa- get- paint the fence. Yeah. You got $3 because you, you did a shit job. <laughs> you got $3 and one of your friends has gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> little Sally down the street. Disappeared into the bounds of this house and oh, never came I- out. I'm- I'm loving the idea that if you look around during these during these missions, you see like on a telephone pole all these um have you have you seen me sort of signs mm. just being stapled on top of each other as, as you, you go yeah. As or it goes. Yeah, yeah. As you get further and further into the game, there's more and more of them. Oh, and it's like cleaning out the gutter and it's like, good job. And then you s- if you look off to the side, you see little Sally walking into the house. <laughs> and 
you can actually go through the whole game without sort without of looking noticing. off to the side. And yeah. Do, you're just focusing in on the game and it's like all these dark things are actually happening that you could have stopped at any time. But no, you were so- <laughs> You needed that pocket money to buy, you know, a new bike so you can race off down to the forest, you know, at the end of the summer. Now, we know everything's always fun in VR. Yeah. Yeah. I think Raking the leaves can be fun in VR. I think you'd have like, to. I think you'd have to for this one. There's just something about, you know, raking the leaves. And if you remember some of those um, those things like you're focused on a task and then they say, how many times does Team A pass the basketball? Yeah. And then there's the gorilla that walks through the middle of the screen and yeah. you don't notice the gorilla because you're so focused on the task. Well, if you're so focused on the task and mm. you don't you get through the whole the, game and you don't house, notice all these- Do the house is like, at, like smiling when you look, at you? You look back up, it's got four extra windows or it's not like it's changing shape every time subtly. Yeah. Uh, or oh, color. Or color just, or- just depending on like- you're raking the leaves and you turn around and look in the in the window and you see a face smiling at you. <laughs> and it just <laughs> Yeah, actually, away, I'm, I'm like- getting kind of um duck what was it? Uh duck season. Duck season vibes a, a bit as well of just like this sort of creepy stuff starting to happen around you without explicitly being you know, Did right I tell you face? that I was playing that at late at night one night? Oh, right? God. It's fucking and scary when that- It is. Um, so, I got to the scene where um, I rang the cops and I h- hung up the phone and then, you know, he ends up, you know, coming through the um, through the backyard and he yep. gets shot by the-, by the um, by the helicopter and all this sort of stuff. And he's just laying in the backyard, right? They haven't come and cleaned up the body or anything like that. And something comes on the TV. I literally couldn't take my eyes off him because he had these you, glowing eyes. And you knew if you looked away, you wouldn't be there when you I looked just, back. I, I didn't even I didn't even make it through to the end of the credits, so it didn't actually mark it off that I did that <laughs> ending. Because it was that Creepy and that scary, and doing it late at night was the oh, worst yeah. idea that I ever had. The game was so well done. Okay, that's about it for tonight. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll leave it there with that creepy, creepy house game. Oh, can I just say, if any of our listeners would like to see a show where maybe maybe is something something stupid one night where I play a horror game, which I hate playing horror games. I love thinking about <laughs> horror games, but I hate playing them. I play a horror game and Ben just sits along and laughs along with. I said, Let oh, us know in a review. Making creepy whispers in his ear. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I leave- reckon that would be- Leave, leave a review. Let mm-hmm. us know on Twitter. Just mm-hmm. If you want to see- Suggest the games. Thing, suggest a game for- Maybe a Halloween episode. Maybe we'll do a, a Halloween live playthrough of of a game that- And I'll see how far I can get through it before I just give up. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, but yes, if you do want to find us online and, and let us know in a review or, or find our Twitter or anything like that, you can go to potchaser.com slash bitstorm. It's all there. We'd also like to thank Crudust for allowing us the use of the song Mount to find off, the, off the album Containment Failure. 
That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott, and I'll see you in a year and a half. No, rewind. Do that again. (laughs) Oh, damn it. I'll see you in a year and a half. (laughs) 